0: Good morning, everyone. I like the response. As this message unfolds, there's three times I need a congregational response, not counting the one at the end of the service, of course. It's a privilege to be with you. Turn with me, please, in your Bibles to Revelation chapter 3, verse 14. Revelation 3, 14, and following... And after I read the scripture, just leave your Bible open on your lap or on the pew next to you, because we will look at the scripture many different ways. Revelation 3.14 from the NIV Bible. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, These are the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the ruler of God's creation, I know your deeds, that you're neither cold nor hot. I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You say, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, I do not need a thing. But you do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor blind and naked i counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and salve for your eyes so that you can see those whom i love i rebuke and discipline so be earnest and repent and here's our key verse for today. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will give the right to sit with me on my throne just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Let me pray with you. God, speak to us. In Christ's name, amen. You have in your bulletin, I believe, some of the scriptures are used to form this message. We should start by noting where this particular verse is, Revelation 3.20, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. We should start by noting where this particular verse is in the entire Bible, because this will help us to understand why he is standing at the door knocking at this time. Being found in the book of Revelation... The book of Revelation is a book of endings and beginnings. It's the book of the ending of earth as we understand it. And it is the book of the beginnings of eternity. In the book of Revelation, our Lord is closing the door on earth, and he is opening the door in heaven. And what he is saying is, when I begin to close the door on earth and I begin to open the door in heaven at that time I will stand at the door of the heart of mankind in ways I have never stood at the door of the heart of mankind ever before and I will speak to them so that they can hear my voice Notice also where this verse is located in the book of Revelation itself Revelation 3.20. In chapters 2 and 3 of the book of Revelation, you have the seven churches of Asia Minor. These seven churches represent seven time periods of the church, from the cross to his second coming. Of course, the church of Laodicea being the last church. Perhaps we are that generation. In this last church on earth, he says, there's coming a time, there's coming a generation in this last church on earth where I am going to speak in unusual ways. In the end times, it says that he will pour out his spirit upon all people. As he pours out his spirit on all people, he will also stand and knock. Now listen to me carefully. No man knows the day or the hour when he will come. I understand that. But listen to this. We who are alive on earth today, we are the first generation in all of human history, from Adam and Eve up to now. We are the first generation in all of human history who could fulfill the book of Revelation and not be surprised by it. Think about that. All previous generations have always had to ask, how will it take place? We are the first generation who is asking, when will it take place? We are the first generation who could ever comprehend how it's possible to put a mark on everybody. We are the first generation who could ever comprehend how it's possible that one-third of all the earth would be destroyed in all the plagues that are in the book of Revelation. So consider this. In this generation, he stands at the door and knocks in ways he's never stood at the door and knocked ever before. Back to Revelation 3.20. Note the evaluation that Jesus gives of this church. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish you were one or the other, but because you are lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. You know, there are some things that are never meant to be lukewarm. Mountain Dew was never meant to be lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Your coffee was never meant to be lukewarm. It's either hot or cold. Meatloaf, never meant to be lukewarm. It's either hot or cold. A cold meatloaf sandwich. Did you have a cold meatloaf sandwich ever in your life? The young people back there running the sound booth. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that are meant to be either hot or cold and not to be lukewarm. And we as Christians, we are meant to be hot or cold, not to be lukewarm. If we we are hot, he is able to use the warmth of our spiritual life to warm others' spiritual life. If we are cold, he is able to set us aside. But when we are lukewarm... Even he doesn't know exactly what to do with us, and so he spits us out. These Christians in the church of Laodicea, maybe our generation, are spitball Christians. Now, let's do a little congregational survey here, okay? Did you ever use spitballs as a kid? Spitballs as a kid? Some some of you, you you can raise your hand high. Oh, this, this is a good group, okay? This is good. You say this to younger kids, uh, our generation, before video games, you know, you did these type things. You didn't do that now. I have four brothers and one sister. Two of my brothers are already in heaven. I'm the youngest in the family. So what we used to do, and I was raised on what was a large farm at that time, so what we used to do, we would take a straw that you would get with a drink, you know, and it would be a paper straw back in those days, long before plastic, and you'd take a little piece of paper and then you wad it up and put it in your mouth and, you know, and it'd get all wet and all, and all of that, and then you would make it just the right size on the tip of your tongue, put it in the straw, and then blow it at somebody. <laughs> this is going to be a good congregation. <laughs> spitball Christians. Every time I read Revelation where he spits them out of his mouth, I think of that. Long before video games and all that. Let's go on. Jesus' assessment of the church is that they are lukewarm. Their own assessment of their own church was that they need nothing. They are rich and need nothing. Jesus' assessment was that they are poor, naked, blind, and he tells them to repent. Now down to verse 20. We'll spend the rest of our time here. Notice that the verse says, Here I am. King James, behold. The Message Bible, I like the Message Bible. It says, look at me. It means that Jesus is here now, now, today, at this very moment. Behold, I stand, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. I stand in the door and knock at this moment, right now. I may have stood at the door and knocked in the past. Obviously, if you're in church this morning, he stood at the door of your heart and knocked in the past. He may knock in the future. We are not sure of that. But we do know that this verse says, in the 1015 service at 1036 in the morning at Beulah Missionary Church on September 6th, he is here now, he is here now, ready to knock on the door of our hearts. Let's look at this phrase, I stand at the door. He stands at the door. Why is he standing at the door? Why doesn't he sit down on the sidewalk? Why doesn't he sit down on the steps? Let's do another little congregational survey. The first one went real well. <laughs> if this one doesn't go well, there might not be a third one, okay? Is there anybody here who has ever waited outside of a big box store Waiting for the store to open at six o'clock in the morning. Anybody? Boy, Greg, you're raising your hand on every question so far. Mm-hmm. Listen to this. Black Friday. I'm just going to unfold this for us here for a moment. Black Friday. You ate your Thanksgiving turkey. You watched a little football. You got the tea. you got the ads out of the newspaper. All that. There's a special TV that you got to buy, the special toy you got to buy for the grandkids, the kids, or something like that. And you have decided that, you know, hey, it's 9 o'clock at night, and this is one of the things we do for, for this day. We're going to go outside in the cold and the rain. We're going to sit on the sidewalk there at Walmart or some other store, and we're just going to wait until the store opens. But here's the key question. Okay, you know, you know some people have done that, and you've done this yourself. But here's the key question. What do you do just before they open the door? You get up and you stand at the door because you anticipate the door to be opened. Jesus stands at the door and knocks because he anticipates the door to be opened. "'Will you open the door today? "'Behold, I stand at the door and knock.'" You've been looking at the picture on the screen all during the service here. We've seen this picture all of our lives. And we all know that there's no... i got to look at this picture real carefully, yeah. (laughs) We all know that there's no doorknob, no door handle on the outside of the door. The door can only be opened by you from the inside. You've all noticed that before. I read a story a while back about a demolition crew in California who were hired to gut the inside of a house. Sort of like HGTV, you know, they come in there and they gut the inside of the house, and then they bring in another crew in order to put the house back together. This demolition crew was hired to gut the inside of the house, but in this particular neighborhood where they were supposed to go, there was house numbers on the house, and then there were house numbers on the curb, and the house numbers on the curb did not correspond with the house numbers on the house, and you know right where this is going. They got the wrong house. The owner of the house said, the door is going to be locked, knock down the door, go in and clean it out when the real owner came back at the end of the day yeah that was a real mess. If I got my story correct there and understand this story correct, the demolition crew the owner of the demolition crew actually bought the house that they had just destroyed. The point of all this is this Jesus never knocks down the door to our heart. He never knocks it down. He doesn't use force. He just, sets, he just stands there and waits for the door to be opened. But consider this also. He stands at the door and knocks so that he can be ready to go to the next house, to the next heart, if you don't open the door. So he stands ready to move, he stands ready to enter. Let's do a little congregational survey. How many of us have a front door that has one of those little peepholes in it so that you can see who's on the other side of the door? Or you have a door that has a uh, a camera, a doorbell has a camera, and you could be in church and someone could ring your doorbell and you could pull it up on your phone and you could see who's there and you could talk about them and everything. How, how many, most of us have a peephole or we have a a camera on our doorbell. Well, this one didn't go very well, okay? Most of us do. Let's make it a little more personal here. How many of us have gone and looked through the little peephole, and we've seen who's on the other side? And it was a salesman or it was two guys in a white shirt and a black tie and we quietly walked away from the door and left them standing out there. Anyone willing to raise their hand on that one? Oh man, alive. We've all done that. When the pastor comes knocking on your door, don't let me stand there, okay? Huh? Uh-huh. The biggest tragedy in life is to know that it's Jesus on the other side of the door and you just let him stand there you just let him stand there back to verse 20 if any person hear my voice let's talk about any person it is not God's will that anyone should perish we understand that very well don't we And if it is not God's will that anyone should perish, it also means that... Now, I don't understand how this works itself out practically, okay? So you can question me about this. I don't understand how this works itself out practically. But if it's not God's will that anyone should perish, it is also God's will that everyone hear the message about Christ and to take the verse that we're looking at now... Jesus stands at the door and knocks at everyone's heart who's ever walked on earth. No one's going to be able to stand at the judgment and say, I never heard your voice. No one's going to be able to do that. Because at that time, Jesus is going to bring up, you remember when this happened? You remember that happened? You remember that little tug on your heart here and there? That was me speaking. He would say those type things at judgment. Notice also that the knock is not really a knock on wood, but it's actually a voice. Why? Why? Because Jesus, when he calls us, he calls us by name. He uses his spiritual voice to speak to our heart. That's how come it's a voice. He calls us by name. And if anyone hears Jesus' voice, if anyone hears my voice, as the scripture says, now here's where it really gets difficult. Because again, our generation is different than any generation before us. Because no generation before us has ever had so many voices coming at us all at the same time. There are so many different voices, aren't there? Every page on your computer screen is another voice speaking to you. Every time you open up your cell phone, there's a voice there speaking to you. Every billboard, every TV show, every newscast, and in this political year, every advertisement is a voice speaking to you. Isn't it? And it's hard to sort that all out. For some of us, we still hear our parents' voice. You still hear your boss's voice. You still hear a negative voice. No generation has had so many voices. We just moved into a, a newer home, not a new home, but a, a, new, a newer home, and we went and bought a smart TV. Some of you are laughing at me. (laughs) The the smart TV idea. Uh, Boy, there's so many voices there. And it is not programmed. We we will get it programmed right eventually. But it's not programmed for spiritually minded people. I mean, it's programmed for for the raw world. But every day we learn something new to get it to, to do what we want it to do. But so many voices. So here's the key question now. With so many voices coming at us, how do I discern what is God's voice? For spiritually-minded, born-again people, here's where you start. You start by eliminating from your life that which you already know to be ungodly. Or to put that into a, another way, for spiritually minded people, I do not purposely expose my spirit to that which I already know to be questionable for spiritual growth. I sow to feed my spirit, not to feed the flesh. <clears throat> now we live in a world where if you just live in the world of course you're exposed to all sorts of ungodliness and all sorts of voices and you just can't avoid those because you and I live and work in the world those things are going to happen but I don't purposely <clears throat> excuse me I don't purposely expose myself to that which I know to be ungodly so there are certain TV shows that I do not watch There are certain movies that I do not go to. For spiritually minded people, how do I hear God's voice more clearly? I simply start by cleaning up my own life. Number two here, how do I hear God's voice? Out of all the voices that are coming to us, how do I hear God's voice? I ask him to speak to me. Because God gives wisdom to those who ask for wisdom. He gives direction for those who ask for direction. For those who who want to know his voice, he does speak to them. Or God is not silent, not silent at all. So at the beginning of the day, and you may already do this, at the beginning of the day, I say, God, Speak to me. I'm listening. And he will speak. You know, he speaks through nature. He speaks through the birds and the ducks and the sunset. He speaks through the flowers, the bees. And for those who are really listening to his voice, he speaks through even those, he speaks to us through even those who do not follow him. For the scripture says that he can make even the wicked do his bidding. One of the things I've always been amazed at is that when it comes to God speaking, the same God who spoke to Adam and Eve in the garden, where are you? is the same God that speaks to us. Isn't that amazing? The same God that spoke to the great patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, the same God that spoke to the Old Testament prophets and all of that, he speaks to us. The same Jesus that called Peter, James, and John, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men he still speaks to us and the same God that gave John the book of Revelation speaks he will speak to those who are willing to do what he asked them to do but what is he saying let's take this a step further if God still speaks what is he saying Now, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, the first thing he's saying to you is, accept Christ as your personal Savior. Well, let's just assume that all of us here this morning already know all that. So what is he saying to us now? Maybe he's speaking something like this. Would you be willing to open the door to your heart farther than you've ever opened it before? You know, the first time you opened the door to your heart, I had to squeeze in real tightly there. So have you opened the door again, even wider? And after you've opened the door, where did you allow him to stand in your life and in your heart? Is he still standing in the foyer? All of us at one time or another have had people over to our house and we just stopped them at the entrance. You know, We let them in. We were cordial, kind and nice and all the things are supposed to be there. But we let them into our house and but we didn't want to go we just wanted to do all of our business with them right there in the foyer and so we did it right there in the foyer. We were glad when they left. And for some of God's people Jesus has always been just standing in the foyer. I want to encourage you to open the door even wider and let him into your house. And then notice this last phrase. <clears throat> I will come in. You open the door, I will come into you. And we will have fellowship together and we will have dinner together. At the beginning of the verse, Revelation 3.20, at the beginning of the verse, he's on the outside wanting to come in. Because you and I have opened the door of our life to him, now he's on the inside wanting to stay and have dinner. Wanting to stay and have dinner together. times with Jesus and his children and the fellowship that is there and the relationship are unlike any other Spiritual meal times. What a fellowship! What a joy, divine! Leaning on the everlasting arms. You know there are times when that fellowship is so good. This this is one of my. Well, I, I let you in on a little secret, okay? It's not even in my notes. Sometimes after a church service. Where God moved in big ways and all of that. The fellowship would be so good. After everyone had left, I'd come and just sit in the front pew because I didn't want to leave. Have you ever opened the word and it spoke to you so greatly? He said, you know what? I'm going, to read. I'm going to read tomorrow's reading. I'm going to read the next day's reading all at the same time. The fellowship. He stands at the door and knocks because he wants to have fellowship with us. And lunch. You know, it's not lunch. It's not fast food. Not at all. Dinner with Jesus, a song that speaks to me. Did do you ever uh, just sing the old, old hymns in your heart? We all do. You know, we're, we, we, we just all, we, we, we all do. Love the old choruses, love the new choruses, but I come back to the old hymns. That's just where I am in life that's where we are but a song, Bethany please a a song that speaks to me is I come to the garden alone I've asked Bethany and I met her just an hour ago Okay, (laughs) to come and just close this part of the service with just a song, words will be on the screen just sing in your heart Then after that, Greg will come and close after she's done. (laughs) Bethany? (音楽) music